Welcome to Doula Club, a podcast that takes you inside the creative mind of a doula, where we talk about birth, postpartum, death, and everything in between. I'm your host, Bonnie Silva. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Doula Club. I'm so happy that you guys are here with me today. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about how being a doula is not necessarily linear, that you know, you can start by being a birth doula like I did. And then soon, very soon after you realize that postpartum is incredibly important and you start really tackling that. And then, you know, a birth here and a birth there might kind of turn your world around where all of a sudden you're thinking about becoming a death doula like I personally did. Um, But lo and behold, that's not all doulas do. We don't do just de- birth, postpartum, or death, but we also do miscarriages, abortions, uh, sex education, sexuality. So as you can see, there are so many facets of where, or I don't even know if that's the right word to say that, but whatever, I'm going with it. Um, it there, being a doula, really, you can, you know, there's so many different varieties that you can really expand your career um, by building your network and by really d- diving deep into the knowledge base that you acquire as a doula, either if you start off as a death doula and all of a sudden you really are into grief work, right? So there's that as well. That's something that you can totally go into. So let's talk about all of the things today, shall we? Cool. So a doula, as we all know, is a non-health care professional. Um, Therefore, we have evidence based off our experience, off our knowledge, um, and also from the education that we we inquire as doulas, right? So therefore, you know, in regards to obviously like birth, postpartum, and death, there are trainings, there are certifications, but also there's full-blown experience as well. Uh, I know a lot of doulas that, you know, did their certification years ago and never really like recertified or whatever, but why would they? I mean, they've had, they have probably 200 births under their belts, over 300 families that they worked with postpartumly, you know? Um, and in regards to like death doulas, well, it's inappropriate to say how many funerals you've attended, but obviously death doulas are people that come into your lives again, with no judgment, with just really helping people, just being of service, right? That's what a doula is, is a person of service. You know, if you're a doula, there's a good chance that you found a calling like I personally did, or it kind of came to you. You're not going into this work thinking that you're going to make thousands and thousands of dollars. You're not coming into this work, assuming you're going to be rich. Um, you're not, you're not coming into this work to like have brownie points with whatever God you pray for. You know, this work is really about servicing. And yeah, there's the, there's the, 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 the good star points, right? Like, you know, you build a network, you build friends. Um, it does feel good to support other people and help people. Of course it does. Uh, that's called ego, by the way. Um, but in general, you know, you don't come into this work as a doula 
thinking that it's going to like make you some sort of like celebrity. That's <laughs> not a thing, by the way. So birth work is pretty straightforward. You know, you're going to provide information, evidence-based information, anatomy information on how the pregnant body is evolving, developing, creating space for the child. We also give information on uh, how to go about labor, uh, transitions and suggestions, positions, uh, comfort techniques. There's also a trust that has to be built. I, for example, really hate it when clients come at me when they're like 35 weeks and they're looking for a doula. I'm just like, what have you been doing this entire time? Um, and there are many reasons why they probably looked for a doula at 35 weeks or whatever, but it to me personally, and again, I'll, I'll take them if they're cool, <laughs> of course. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not going to like not take them if, especially if like we jive and stuff like that. But, um, the, it, it's not enough time to build a relationship, right? That like specific trust. Um, unless you're like me and you're just like really blunt about like specific scenarios and you're just really like trying to open the conversation so you can really uh, be your authentic self so the couple can trust you or the person can trust you, whoever's hiring you, right? If it's either a single parent or a couple. Um, so being a birth doula, involves a lot of that stuff. It involves the really the relationship between the couple and yourself or the person and yourself. Uh, it involves information, guidance. Overall, you have to above remember that this birth is not yours. So ultimately, you have to make sure that you're giving the person suggestions and, and whatnot, but your opinion has to be very much outside of the hospital. Like it, it's it's inappropriate to give your personal opinion unless your personal opinion has evidence-based information regarding the situation that you're giving it an opinion on. But, you know, as a doula, you know, you have to remind yourself, you're also not a medical person, so you can't prescribe people medication. So therefore you're not capable of overriding a doctor's opinion or a midwife's opinion. Um, you're all working together, right? You're not, you're not coming in with like fucking like busting out the door and like come guns blazing. Be like bah, 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 birth plan. And that's all we're following. Yeah. Um, Cause birth, you know, it's like a roller coaster in a way. Sometimes it goes accordingly to what you planned with the people that are birthing their baby. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it takes the turn for like, you know, for crazy worse. Um, but ultimately, you have to make sure that you have a poker face, that you are being professional, that you are supporting and being a chameleon, really supporting your clients in whatever scenario the, the situation turns to. So being that's being a birth doula, right? You're really like in that hospital room, helping them, maybe helping them chest breastfeed, lactate their uh, lactate feeding, nursing their baby with their chest breast um, after the baby's born. You know, you're supporting, kind of giving them tips and whatnot, how it's going to be postpartumly at the hospital and all that fun stuff. That's what we do as a birth doula, right? And now as a postpartum doula, um, sometimes you can do birth and postpartum, but like specifically as a postpartum doula, we're getting clients 
when they're either coming back from the hospital, maybe a few weeks after they've had their baby because they wanted to try to, to do it alone. <laughs> so, you know, you get them after that period where they're alone and now they're like oh my god we're like totally sleep deprived and you know we're just like so like not doing well and da 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 so you're coming in and you're kind of like swooping in right and then you're kind of readjusting their schedule giving suggestions helping them swaddle that baby because don't tell me that a baby doesn't like to be swaddled it's because you're not doing it right Therefore, postpartum has also to do with antepartum. A antepartum, like via Wikipedia, <laughs> antepartum is like a person that supports a postpartum client that had a traumatic birth or has a, a cesarean birth that really requires a lot of attention. To me, what that describes is like an antepartum doula is just a very experienced postpartum doula, right? So there's a couple of levels. Like a postpartum doula can be... Um, a new doula, a new postpartum doula that doesn't have that much experience, but can help you during the day, can help you with the baby, can help you kind of like meal prep, maybe like not clean your house. The doula is not a housekeeper, but maybe like, you know, adjust some stuff, dust some stuff over here and there and whatnot. Um, and an antepartum doula, like Wikipedia says, is just like somebody that has like more than two years of experience, right? Like a two plus. I would say that like a new doula has like a year or two of experience and then two plus is like a very experienced doula. Um, they probably have some traumatic experiences under their belt. So they know that knowledge to, to kind of be able to help other doula or other clients that are having traumatic births as well. So there's that. And then in the postpartum spectrum, there's also overnights as well, which that's like my jam. With an overnight doula, you uh, are bottle feeding. You're just either with one parent that's nursing or chest feeding or breastfeeding their baby. Um, and that can be really satisfying because you can really help this, this parent understand the anatomy of their chest breast. You can really uh, uh, help a, a parent really uh, get the logist of what they can do moving forward postpartumly. Super, super known. And a lot of people are asking, what is a death doula? Why would a death doula help? And wouldn't they just do what hospices do? Like, why would I hire a death doula if, I am, if I'm working with a hospice? Well, queen, sit down and let's talk. Because it's the same thing as like, if you're a birth client and you tell, turn to me as a doula, be like, why would I hire you if I already have a midwife? And I'm like, well, queen, sit down and let me tell you why. It's the same kind of scenario, right? So like as a, a doula, you know, I'm there making sure that all your options are met, making sure that, you know, while you're probably having anxiety and, and just sad or emotional about this specific situation, either if it's birth, postpartum and death, a death doula specifically is coming in with no judgment. We're not taking care of the money of the will. That's not our business. That's the lawyer's business. What we're there is to make sure that your advanced directive is up to date, that you all of the paperwork that you need, knowing that either if you have a terminal illness or if you're an elderly person, like we need to make sure that all your paperwork is up to date, all of your wishes are up to date, and to also make sure that your family members, family, and anybody that's in your life that's going to be there at the end of your life also know, knows what's happening, making sure everybody's on the same page, 
right? Um, understanding the differences of a home f uh, ceremony as opposed to a funeral. Understanding the certain decisions that you can make that are not necessarily like just like straight up, just like, you know, you die and then you go to a funeral home and then you're buried in the ground, right? Sometimes it can be kind of different where you want to have a green burial or maybe you want to be uh, have the ceremony at home. So you want to maybe die at home in the comfort of your own home and have the people there to make sure that you're not in a hospital and nothing's beeping, you know? So again, like a, a death doula, very similarly to like a birth doula, but on the other spectrum of it, like we're just making sure that we have a death plan, that we're following things. We're all, as, as a death doula, very similar to like a birth doula, like we're behind the scenes, you know, like while you're taking time to grieve and mourn the person, the loved ones that you're losing to the other side of life, um, we death doulas are like fidgeting around the room to make sure everything is met. Uh, maybe doing some tidiness, maybe talking to the people and ushering them in and out and making sure that everybody has some time with the, with the person that's passing. Uh, maybe getting information about like, uh, specific information like address, uh, medical stuff and whatnot. So when people are calling, you can probably take those phone calls. So the family or the people that hired you as their death doula can take time with the body instead of worrying about all this other bullshit paperwork that they have to do, right? A death doula will also be like, cool. So these are the things that we have to do. So when it comes time, when you call me, when so-and-so is ready to leave and depart this world, we don't have to worry about any of this that stuff it's very similar to like a birth right you're kind of getting the logistics right like when you hire me as a birth doula we're going to go through my checklist like do you have like an area for the baby do you have uh the necessities for the baby do you have supplies for your postpartum for your healing it's the same thing but like obviously not the same list for the death um you know there's like is your advanced directive uh up to date is your mouse paperwork up to date um what kind of uh, ceremony do you wish to have? So these are things that, you know, as death doulas, like we do, which now if you are listening to this podcast, you kind of have an idea that we're not just like sitting there and texting or looking at our phones, you know, be mindful that a doula in any scenario, either if they're in the birth room or either if they're in your living room postpartumly or either if they're in next to your bedside, uh, on your deathbed, like if we're on our phones, we're not texting our buddies. We're like texting our community about tips, about suggestions, about things that we're like a million things that we're thinking about. We're reaching out to our community, right? So a death doula, a birth doula, and a postpartum doula, they're never just standing there and staring at you. They're thinking a million tiny little things that you're not thinking to make sure that you were all set up for the event that's happening. Now, like I mentioned before, you know, there are other types of doulas. There are miscarriage doulas. There are stillbirth doulas, adoption doulas, abortion doulas, doulas for folks in transition, uh, for trans folks, which is amazing. It's an amazing work. 
There are community-based doulas helping low-income families uh, that can't afford uh, like a doula's price package. So doulas, a lot of doulas will actually do volunteer work and sliding scale work and do help folks uh, with the low income as well. So it's amazing work. It's really, really fantastic work. And then also there are prison doulas, doulas that go to prisons to help folks that are birthing their babies in prison, having giving them childbirth education classes, education on how to uh, raise their babies or uh, in, in, a, in a prison scenario. Um, I mean, it's it's intense work, but it's in, it's quite beautiful work. And as you can see, you know, the the world of doula, like the career of doulism, is such a faceted gem. There's so many faces to being a doula, so many varieties. Like, for example, I'm considered a full spectrum doula because I do birth, postpartum, death. I also am specialized in like newborn care, so I love taking care of babies until they're like three, four months. After four, they're like too heavy and too big for me. I'm just like, oh my god. Um, but that's when I bring in other doulas. I refer doulas. I refer clients to other doulas when I know that it's above what I can do or, or my threshold. Um, so again, networking in your doula community is incredibly important because, for example, like I don't do miscarriage uh, abortion, uh, in, um, adoption, but there are doulas in my community that do like, for example, I don't do, uh, I don't do doula work for folks in transition because I'm not experienced in that, but I know doulas in my community there are, that are. So it's very important that when you're a doula, that you are in constant networking that you're involving and therefore you have the opportunity to grow your business and really become full spectrum. And FYI, if nobody told you, if you didn't listen to me before, this isn't the type of work that you're going to be super, super wealthy. Like, yes, you can make an income out of this the career. Yes, you can pay your bills with this career. But mind you, this is like a uh, a work that you have to really build your experience and your network. Like, yeah, for the first three years when I was a doula, I was also working as a bartender and server, right? A good portion of my income came from there because when I was still a new doula and still a doula uh, inquiring experiences, I didn't have an income because I was doing a lot of free birth. I was doing a lot of low income birth because I wanted to inquire the knowledge. Nowadays, I do everything. I do low income. I do regular packages, all of the things, right? But, you know, what I'm trying to say to you is that don't expect to be a doula now and then in six months immediately start getting clients. That might not happen. I'm not going to bullshit you, but the the beauty of being a doula is that it's it's about how much you invest in your future it, the more you invest in your doula the more you're networking the more you're inquiring knowledge the more you're building your website the more you're no, you know you're just like kind of building your authentic self as a doula the it will be it's like there you you will earn those fruit in the future it will come back to you so as you saw in today's episode you know Doula does not mean just birth. Doula does not mean just postpartum. It means death and fertility. It also means abortion, miscarriage, stillbirth, transition, community base, prison, um, grief, elderly care. Again, it's 
a lot of things. Um, and that's what I wanted to leave you was with that knowledge of nugget. A nugget, another nugget that I'm going to give you guys today is four Instagram handles to follow. Uh, these people, I am kind of obsessed with them. I love them to death. I follow them myself. So don't come at me if I don't call you. Uh, the first person that I would love for you guys to follow, uh, her name, I, I believe that they go by she and, and her. Her name is Cassie. Um, her handle is the Hadula. The Hadula together. She's amazing. Totally follow her. Uh, there is another podcast that I want you guys to follow because I believe that sharing is caring. Information should be shared around the world. Um, this other podcast is called Doula Sense. It's by my friend Tia. Tia has done an interview with me. So if you want to know a little bit about Tia, you can go back on my season one. She was in one of the episodes, Tia Dowling-Kennett. Tia does a podcast called Doula Sense with Shannon Serrano. And yeah, follow them. I believe it's doula underscore sense on Instagram. And I believe that their podcast is a little different setup than my my podcast. My podcast is just like my voice. Theirs is like a video YouTube podcast, which is kind of cool. So totally follow them. Another person that I would love for you guys to follow is Dr. Stephanie. She is a midwife in Georgia. She is kicking ass because she is the creator of, I believe, the first freestanding birthing center in Georgia. So how fucking awesome is this person? Uh, so her Instagram follow is doctor underscore midwife. You have to follow her. She is like legit, like a queen. And then the free standing birth center that she's creating in Georgia is called the birth sanctuary. Um, if you follow her Instagram, you'll, there's a link to her, uh, free standing birth center in Georgia. So follow that as well. Donate to her because, why fucking not? Like, come on now. Uh, and yeah, that's it, guys. I don't have any other nuggets for you today. I wanted to just really be able to kind of break down what doulas do, uh, all of the different stages of being a doula. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys in two weeks. Have an amazing day. And I'll catch you later.